take information in your head, switch it around, look at it forwards, backwards, and then how to memorize anything that you've ever won. This is The Upper Hand, a podcast series by IMC. I'm Brooke, and in this podcast, I invite masters of different games to see what steps you need to take to master your favorite game, from poker to Valorant and crypto to ultra running. You will find out how you can use theory and practice to become the best. Hi, I'm Mike Beister from Brainetics. People often ask me, how do I train my mind? And the way I train my mind is I play a lot of different games that really help me with certain skills. And one of the games I often play with my son. In this IMC US special, we're learning ways to sharpen your mind, impress your friends with quick mental math skills, and even possibly improve your memory. Our guest, Mike Beister, is known nationwide as a human calculator for his fast mental math ability. However, his skills extend past mathematical prowess. His methods are aimed to help create mental clarity and take your problem-solving skills to the next level. His life's mission is to teach people the power of the mind and showcase that our brains are capable of more than we could have ever imagined. The best part? Anyone can learn. Mike used to work as a trader himself, but now spends his time teaching his methods to kids and adults, and to even traders at IMC Chicago. I invited Mike to join me in the studio to talk about his impressive mental abilities and to get some advice on how you can train your mind. Mike, thank you for coming. I'm really excited for this. I've been looking forward to it for quite some time now. I'm happy we finally were able to sit down and make it happen. Yeah, I am too. So... To start off the interview, Mike has a memory test that he wants to experiment with. Can you explain what that looks like and what people listening can expect? Well, in a short amount of time, you could take your memory and be average to really, really good in like 45 minutes. And I try to explain that to people. It doesn't take that much uh, amount of time to go from level A to level C or D to get... the type where you're on TV or being interviewed, that might take a little long, but you could memorize things much better in a very short amount of time. So if we could, if you're driving or walking, you don't have to do anything other but listen to a list. I'm going to give you a list of 10 items. Just see how, how many you can memorize. And then a little later in the segment, I'm going to come back and we're going to do it again. And you're going to, you're going to see you're going to get nine out of 10 the second time. Okay, here we go. The 10 items, item number one is a silver tray. Item number two, six crystal glasses. Item number three is a bar of soap. Four is a banana. Five is chocolate pudding. Item number six is laundry detergent. Seven is dental floss. The eighth item is a loaf of bread. Item number nine is a red rose. Item number 10 is a tomato. Now think about it for a few seconds, and in your head, or pencil and paper, whatever you have, see how many you can memorize. And a little later, we're going to come back, and in a very short amount of time, you're going to do so much better. Perfect. I'm excited to see how people do with that. So you've been nicknamed the human calculator. Were you born with this superpower, or when did you realize you were really gifted at math? I really wasn't born that way. I, My ability, natural ability, is seeing patterns and things, and I was always really good at that. But my math ability didn't come until probably fourth or fifth or, you know, maybe even beyond that, because there's something uh, happened with my mom and I that 
she helped me see how much information I could hold in my brain. And without the ability to hold a lot of information in your brain, it's difficult to do math problems with a lot of digits. So once I found I could hold a lot of information in my brain and use my patterns, I started developing things that make not only my mind faster, whoever I teach faster. That's amazing. I love the concept of making more room in my brain. I think all of us could benefit (laughs) from that. Absolutely. So you founded a company called Brainetics. Can you explain what that looks like and what's the basis of that? Well, make a long story not that short. Uh, I was a trader on the Mercantile Exchange for a lot of years, and I wanted to give back. And so my cousin, who was a math teacher, was telling her students about me, and they wanted to see what I, you know, see what I could do. And so I, I visited them, and I showed them what I could do, and they said, oh my gosh, that's so cool. Can we learn it too? I said, there's no way you could do this. And then I started teaching, and they were able to do it. And it started amazing me that other people could do with my method what I could do. I always thought I had this special power that no one else could do it. And once I started teaching it, it started getting Chicago known, the Sun-Times, the Tribune. I started doing all the local news, news stuff. And then ABC's 2020 saw these videos that were being sent around. And they said, oh, my gosh, is this real? And they challenged me. They said, you know, if we could pick one classroom in the United States, can you work on those kids? For I said, give me three weeks. Come and right. see them and see what you think. So they Wonderful. picked a school out in New Jersey. We practiced a few times. Oh, a random uh, school? Random school. And they, you know, sixth grade class. And they came out and blew them away. And so all, all these companies started writing me and said, can you work, you know, we want you to go across the country and help people. And I didn't want to just go across and help a group and then say goodbye, never see them again. So I went with a guy that he invented a product called OxyClean. And I've heard right, of it. Yes. <laughs> and he, it and he sold his company for God knows. And uh, we became partners and we developed something that people could use at home, classrooms to use. They really trained your mind in a really fun and cool way. That's what I'm all about. If it's not fun, kids won't do it, adults won't do it. And that's what I've made my life, making sure that not only people get smarter, they have fun doing it. That's great. And I think math can be intimidating for a lot of people that don't pick it up intuitively. Right. So in any way that you can make it more entertaining is beneficial. And people don't say, I don't read, but they say, I don't do math. Exactly. I'm that way. (laughs) Oh, by the end of this, maybe you won't be. (laughs) Putting me on the spot. Right. Um, One thing I thought was really interesting that you mentioned is that your mother was kind of the inspiration for this whole concept. What was it that prompted this in the first place well, and what did she do? Yeah, my mom, I mean, it's really, it was really amazed me. My mom always taught me, taught me to think outside the box. When I was in second grade, or uh, I was the only kid that could not tell my left boot from my right boot. I always had this spatial issue. I have trouble seeing stuff like that. And, you know, I would lie in bed at night and I couldn't sleep. And my mom said to me, you know what? In like in 10 seconds, she had an idea. She goes, I'll just write, every kid has your name, their names in each boot. I go, yeah. She goes, well, I'm going to write your name in your boots, Michael Beister. And I go, great. And I go, how will that help me? The left and the right. She goes, well, and the left boot, I'm going to underline Michael because it ends in L. And the right Great. boot, I'll underline Beister because it ends in R. And for 10 seconds of thinking of that, thinking outside the box, she solved my problem that took me. So I That's decided so everything I wanted to do to people, I'm going to think what what 
is going to work best for them. And I was really good at it. I just never really thought about, you know, something like like anything I could do. There's a way to solve the problem. That's so fascinating because when people have issues with math, they often think of I'm not good with numbers, like we said, but it's more of a puzzle. Yeah, you look at it as a puzzle, as patterns. That's fascinating. And it's really amazing what people could do once you see how easy it could be. So, Mike, are there any games, exercises, or puzzles that people can be doing every day to help sharpen their brain? What are some examples of things that you do yourself every day? Well, the the thing that I, I think is the most important, and I know it sounds silly, but it's the only thing I do that trains your brain to take information, switch it around your brain, and make sure you're using all the information and that is alphabetizing words. It's one of my favorite things to do. And as you get, you could start with five-letter words, six-letter words, seven-letter words, whatever it is. Keep on going up because it trains your brain to take all the information that's in your head, not part of it. You have to use it all and be able to switch it around. It teaches you how to visualize stuff too. And that's hard for some people as they have to see the word written. No, you could actually train your brain to get information picture it in your head, and then be able to switch it around in your head. And I think it's the one thing I do that I try to do every single day because I could just do it, you know, in a minute. And I like to, you know, as I'm driving, I'll see, you know, billboards or whatever, and, and words are all over the place. And so it's, you know, that is something important. Can you provide an example of the alphabetizing of words? Yeah, if you give me a, a word like, you know, Washington, I uh, automatically, and I count on my fingers. It's one of the few things I do to count on my fingers. Oh. I know Washington's a 10-letter word, and I would say A-G-H-I-N-N-O-S-T-W. I would take wow. the letters, and as you're saying the letters, you, I'm going through the word again, okay? you know. And I usually do it like, are there any A through E's, any you know, F through H's? And as I'm saying it, it and it, it's really easy to do once you get good, good at it. And when I worked with the IMC guys, they picked it up like that. And some people okay. struggle at the beginning. And like my son struggles with this because he has trouble visualizing things. He's more of an auditory person. And this is gotcha. something that forces yourself to visualize. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that was really impressive what you just did with Washington. <laughs> and for everyone listening, he did count on his fingers. <laughs> he was not kidding. <laughs> right. I mean, it just it just is easier for me to do it that way. Um, and I, I always do whatever. I always have ways to do things. And I always encourage people, look what way works best for you. And, you know, I try not to people tell people, this is, you got to count on your fingers. If it doesn't work that way, do right. it some other way. That's great. So when you worked as a floor trader, you mentioned in Chicago, how did this training help you in your job? Well, uh, when I uh, started the Mercantile Exchange, I didn't realize, you know, everyone said, oh, you'll be great with, you know, when the market moves slow, I'm like everyone else. But that one or two percent of the time where the market is crazy, I have a big advantage. I see patterns (laughs) and everything. And I... You know, you could see when the market's out of whack. And when, I, when I've been trading, trading for IMC, that's one of the skills I teach them, how to find patterns and things. Because when you see patterns in the market, 
it could be worth so much. Right. It's a small window of time where you have right. to make these decisions and it right. helps to have you know Absolutely. pattern recognition like you do. That's great. It's your calling. And now you can you know teach future traders and right. people who are really passionate about being on the floor or being at a company like IMC. So you mentioned you know you were training some of our software developers and some of our traders. What would that look like? One of the fun things, I asked you to bring your driver's license with yes. you. Yes. And Illinois. And if you look at your driver's license, I, I haven't seen it. Okay. And we've, even though we walked by each other once and talked on the phone. We've never really met mm -mm. before. We're sitting down right here. I want you to look at the last four digits of your driver's license number and okay. just read them to me. Great. Last four digits. Five eight six eight. Okay. Did you? Are you going to turn uh, twenty eight on September twentieth? I am. You see, oh, isn't wow. that cool? Now everyone knows how right. old I am. <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> about that. But, but hold on. And I don't know if you know this. Uh, That's September, oh, wait, September 20th, uh, 1995. And yes. uh, if I'm not mistaken, That's crazy. Uh, that was a, a Wednesday. Uh, yeah, I would have to if look that ask, up. If you want to ask Siri That's if crazy. it was Wednesday. Yep, that was a Wednesday. Right. Okay. So you know, so that's the stuff I teach them to get. <laughs> that's the stuff I teach them to get good that's at that. Crazy. You know what I mean? So because it's not boring, people want to do it. People want to go to a bar and say, "Oh, hey, get follow your driver's license. Yeah. Let's do this." At the very least, fun. fun party right, trick. Right. Right. Fun party trick, and that's exactly why it works. Because if it was, you know, really boring or, you know, time-consuming, you know, crazy. that's how you train your brain. And everything's a game. Everything's a magic trick. So how, I mean, without getting into too much detail, because I know you have to spend like a couple hours, right. if not more, on how to do this. Right. How right. would you it's go just, about even doing so this? It's just so small. The, the numbers are so small that it's so easy, but it's the speed. And so all I'm doing is asking them to uh, nothing more than divide by four and divide by seven two-digit numbers and okay. add a little, but nothing complicated at all. Wow. And all these different things I do are extraordinarily simple. And I could teach his listeners how to do a couple things if they want. It's it's everything's just fun in a game. Yeah. And so and the skills I try to teach them are not only the awkward math how to look for patterns and things, how to keep more information in your head and keep on adding things without forgetting what's in your head. And so that's what I, I wrote a book called uh, The Power of Forgetting, which teaches you to prioritize information. Remember what's important, forget what's not important. It's it's all about, you know, and how to uh, take information in your head, switch it around, look at it forwards, backwards, Amazing. and then how to memorize anything that you've ever want. Right. And so I was also wondering, just thinking about before this interview, the rise of AI is something that's right. very much present in our life right now. Where do you foresee your skills fitting in with this new era of technology, specifically with AI? At first, I didn't really realize I could, but it was funny because my son actually showed me how cool this AI thing is Pretty coming out and how fascinating it is. And so we sat down one day, he goes, Dad, he goes, I'm just going to have, you know, this uh, uh, AI, whatever the company was, give you a bunch of math problems. So it gave me a Perfect. bunch of math problems to do. And I sat down and he read me these numbers and I go, and the answer is this. He goes, no, Dad, you're wrong. He goes, he reads me again. I, goes, oh, the, I wow. go, the answer is this. He go, I go, 
he goes, no, Dad, you're wrong. I go, Josh, I'm not wrong. I've done it three <laughs> times. I'm not wrong. And he checked, and it was wrong. And it was wrong every time. Oh, and the he said, AI he, was wrong. Right, the AI was wrong. And he started, oh. he started showing the people there it is. At, at IMC that some oh, things, you know, gosh. it cannot generate random math problems and add it up. I'm sure it wasn't that one of those things that they felt like that was important. Yeah. But because he did, and it's like I said, okay, wow, I'm sure they're going to fix this bug know. for at least for one day. <laughs> I was smarter than the so AI. So you heard it here first, and you've already, you know, shown that we still need humans to find those bugs and oh, yeah, figure no doubt out that about it's it. wrong. It's thinking outside the box. Okay, so the funny thing about these problems is that I did use AI oh, to you? see yeah, oh. if they were correct or not. So, you know, we can double verify. Maybe you will be correct and maybe AI will be yeah. incorrect. It was just the adding part that was wrong. So it'll be interesting we'll to see. We'll see. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, so 427 divided by 92. Okay, that equals 4.6, uh, 4, wow. Three, uh, one, three, zero, four, three, four, seven, eight. Keep on going. Two, six, zero. Oh, wow. Are we done? Yeah, that was okay. <laughs> more than I had listed right, in my okay, answer right, sheet. Right. That was amazing. Yeah, but usually at the beginning, see, I'm a little rusty, so the beginning took me a little time to get used to it. I, I didn't no, see no, any rustiness saying, there right, to so, me. Okay, that sounded ahead. perfect. Okay, the 22-digit numbers, just go. Yes. 10, 24, 36, Fast. 47, 55, 62, 73, 81, 92, 15, 29, 41, 56, 68, 77, 84, 96, 12, 20, 33. 2011? Really? I, okay, what well, I use AI for this, yeah. so maybe AI is incorrect. But what did you say? 1011? Are you, are you, is it close to that? 978. Is what AI? Hey, you know what? I should think, I use my calculator? Wait, wait, wait. What's the last number? Thirty-three. Yeah. I think it. It just forgot to add the thirty-three. Oh at the end. wow. Okay. Let's see. This would be crazy if AI was wrong. I'm getting nervous just typing this into All my right. calculator, so I can't even imagine what it would be like to have to do this on the spot. <laughs> yep, you were right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That was amazing. Okay, well perfect. That worked out even better right. than no, I thought it could. No, but that's what I'm that's saying so cool. is it's still got a couple oh, glitches it, in it that. Has right? But it does known. the multiplication, it does the division, but the adding yeah, is the really, adding. Oh my gosh. It's it's, it's weird. Yeah, we, next time we have to have the AI pulled up right here uh, right. and you sitting next to it so we can <laughs> compete. That'll be more fun. Yeah. Perfect. So as we're approaching the end of the interview, Mike wants to check back in on how you're doing with the memory test. Can you explain? Yeah, I mean, a lot of people see what I could do with my mind and they automatically think I was born that way. I wasn't. My mom had two very big impacts in my life. And my mom could not add five and five in her head, but she was creative. And the combination of uh, being good at math and being creative enabled me to do so many things and develop so many things. And the memory was one of them because when I was a little kid, my mom uh, helped me learn that when I tried to memorize the state capitals and they gave you a list of 50 state capitals, I could only memorize seven or eight and I would study it for half hour, 45 minutes. But when I was a year younger, when I was in third grade, I had a teacher that told us the best way to memorize 
the planets of the solar system is to memorize the sentence. Mm. My very educated mother just served us nine pizzas. And oh, if we wow. take the first letter of each of those words, if we memorize that sentence, my was Mercury, very was Venus, educated Earth, mother, Mars, just J, Jupiter, served us Saturn, us, Uranus, 9M, Neptune, P, pizza, Pluto. I know Pluto is like not a, a planet, right. but, you know. <laughs> it's controversial. Right, right, absolutely. <laughs> but when I was a kid, it was, so I'm dating myself. But um, so my mom said, you know, my mom said, well, all we have to do is make up a little song and we'll be able to memorize the state capitals. And my mom was so creative that she on the spot wrote this song that had all 50 state capitals in it. I practiced a few times way off key. Next day I came, yeah, way, <laughs> no way, worries. way, yeah, you have no <laughs> clue what you're, yeah. Uh, and next day I came to school, I knew all 50 state capitals, no one knew more t- than 10 or 11. And that was the first day Amazing. I really felt smart because I never felt that way before. Mm. And it's so powerful to be able to do something that other people cannot do. Yeah. And like I said, people don't believe that I was just an average kid, but I was, and that was the start of it. And what my mom did was because I wasn't a creative person, I said, Mom, I can't write a song. She goes, I'm not writing you anymore. <laughs> well, it's the, clear you don't have a singing right, career. Right, right, so right. She goes, this else. is a one-time thing. And so my mom, to her credit, thought about it and said, you know what? Why don't we do something that I think will work? We're going to go to the grocery store every week. And she always had a list like 40 items. The first time we're in the grocery store, I'm going to pick six items off the list, teach you how to memorize it, then eight then 10, then 12. Every week we're going to add two. And so we started doing it. And I started thinking, why, why am I doing this? This is a waste hmm. of time. I'd go to the grocery store, pick out the items, and then come back. And then we got to 14. Everything started making sense. My mom, Ooh. she went, went on Monday. She walks in my room on Sunday night, put the first 14 items of grocery list on my desk and said, Michael, you're on your own. You cannot ask me for help, your sister for help, your dad for help. You can't look it over and over. I've been making up songs and poems for you. You have to do your own way. And so I tried <laughs> to make up a song or poem. I couldn't do it. You know, I'm like the moment I figured out this is what I can do well and what I can't do well. I'm so non-musical or poetic. Yeah. And I had to figure out, you know, I'm a good storyteller. So I started making up stories and putting things in it and visualizing it. And the first time I had to memorize 14 times, it took me like a couple hours. But then it was 60 times I had a strategy, did it like an hour. By the time it's 20, it's like 45 minutes. Within three or four months, my mom would come into my room on Monday afternoon after I come home from school, put the 40 ounce on that said, Michael, we're leaving the grocery store in like 30 minutes. I'd make up two <laughs> or three stories. Right, right. My mom was fresher. Uh, I'd make up two or three stories, put the items in it, and I'd say, Mom, leave the list at home. And sometimes they get all 40, other times they get 36, 37. And I found out, wow, I could do this. And, you know, as soon as I started doing it, my whole life changed because I could memorize anything. And it, it's just learning how to do it. So you guys, Incredible. I don't know how well you did the first time, but we're going to do the same 10 items we did last time. But instead of saying the 10 items like it's last time, I'm going to put the items into a little story. And then when I'm done telling the story, I want you to go back and think of what happened first, what happened second, what happened third, and see how well you do this time. Now, I am a visual person. Most people are. If you right. want to visualize things... It might help you. Some people are audio, auditory, and my son's an auditory learner. If you want to just listen to the words, that's fine too. I think most people are visual. Okay, Mm -hmm. 10 items. If you have a pencil and paper, you can't write until I'm done. (laughs) Yeah, no cheating. If you're driving, keep your eye on the road, but here we go, 10 items. 
Uh, I will pause when I come to an item that's on the list. I had a dream last night that I was about to go on a really big date, and I was super excited. Before I was going on my big date, I was working as my job as a waiter in a restaurant. And I was walking along, as you've seen waiters do, carrying in my right hand a silver tray. Item number one. And on the silver tray, I'm trying to balance six crystal glasses on the tray. So picture a guy walking with a tray and glasses. I took a step with my right foot and I stepped on a bar of soap. Item three. I started to slip on the bar of soap. I didn't want to fall and break the tray of the glasses. So quickly I stepped on my other foot, my left foot, and I stepped on a banana. I fell on the bar of soap and the banana in this gigantic bathtub that was totally filled to the top with chocolate pudding. I had chocolate pudding all up and down my all on my clothes, and I only had one nice outfit because I'm on a waiter's salary. You only have one nice <laughs> outfit. So I ran home as fast as I could, took out my pants, took out my shirt, threw in the washing machine, threw in a gigantic scoop of laundry detergent. Got my pants and shirt out of the washing machine, buckled them up, set them up, wanted to go to the store to buy food for the date, but the only store in my town that sells food is on top of this gigantic hill. You cannot ride your bike up the hill. You cannot, uh, pull, uh, you cannot drive up the hill. Way too steep. There's only one way up the hill. You have to pull yourself up using this humongous roll of dental floss to do it. It is just a story. Use your imagination. <laughs> I pull myself up to the top of the hill using the giant roll of dental floss, go into the store, and I buy a loaf of bread for the date. It's a very cheap date. As I'm leaving the store, she was a special aid figure. You know what? If I knock on her door and say, hey, here's your loaf of bread. Can we go on our date? She will kick me out for being so cheap and unromantic. So I figured I'll get it to be a little less cheap, a little more romantic. And besides the loaf of bread, I'll also get her a red Rose. I went to the floor shop window, stuck my hand in, pulled out what I thought was a red rose. It was red. It was round and squishy. Looked at it. <laughs> actually turned out to be a tomato. Now, picture the story. What happened first? What happened second? See how well you do. I have to clap after that. That right. was beautifully done. Hopefully people can remember. I mean, people <laughs> I was will, visualizing right, it the whole time. Right. If you visualize it. I mean, can you remember most of them? Not to put you on the spot. I don't know. Uh, maybe. Uh, we'll yeah. see. Okay. Maybe after the podcast okay. is over, we can see how well I've done. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, really, we, we, we do it with groups. No matter what the age, you know, people will average four or five at the beginning and seven, eight, nine, or ten the second. And just in, you know, a couple minutes, they could do that. And, and you just practice it. The thing is, the problem is, is most people... It's okay to listen to someone tell the story and tell you how to memorize it. The tricky part is learning how to do it yourself. And right. that's what my son and I did when he was young, and he got really good at it. And it it changes your life. Oh, so This yeah. is incredible. Well, thank you so much. This was I had great. Lot of fun. Yeah, this was so much fun. Is there anything else that you would like people to know about your teachings and this concept as a whole? Well, I really want people to know that... that they could do a lot more than they think is possible. And one of the things I really want people to do is contact me if you need need to. I mean, you go to my website, MikeBicer.com, click on Contact Mike. You tell That's me wonderful. what's wrong. And what I do is I meet with parents all the time, one-on-one. -on -one. Tell me what your problem your kid has. And because when I'm doing a show in front of 200 people or whatever it is, I don't know if I'm impacting the anyone mm -hmm. or how many people I'm impacting. When I meet with the parents and say, my kid has trouble focusing, my kid has trouble right. memorizing, 
I could work with them one-on-one -on -one and show them what That's they great. need to do because there's nothing that gives me greater pleasure to know every day that I'm making a difference. Yes. Well, it's clear that you're making a huge difference. I think that this teaching can really change the world in a lot of ways. So this was amazing. I'm still processing how all of this went down. <laughs> right. So right. You and me both. <laughs> yeah, we'll test right. AI next time. All right. Thanks. Awesome. Thank Talk you. To you later. When you listen to Mike solving mathematical problems in a matter of seconds, it might seem like magic, but it's not. It's a reorganization and training of your brain. With simple practice, you may be able to solve puzzles as fast as Mike. Well, maybe not as fast, but quicker than you have before. Whether your goal is to gain more mental clarity, show off to your friends, or apply this approach to your day job, these skills will give you an upper hand. This is Upper Hand, a podcast series by IMC. This was a special episode from our Chicago office, and this summer we will continue with a second season of The Regular Show, where we'll discover how to master crypto trading and games like Valorant and poker. Thanks for tuning in.